You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Today, uh, we're going to be closing out a series that uh, we started earlier this month, and it's called Trying Times. And, and I'll be completely honest, transparent with you. Um, I had a message prepared for today that we were going to finish out. It was a really good message, I thought, and uh, have changed that. So what I'm going to share with you this morning is a little raw. It's not completely uh, written out and thought through as usual, but I promise you it's been prayed over. Uh, and uh, we, we find ourselves in a really different moment in history. Uh, 2020 is going to be a year that we will never forget for sure. Uh, we've walked through this year and the last two and a half months a pandemic where thousands of people have lost their lives and we've been on stay-at-home orders and we've been restricted in what we can and cannot do and it's been difficult. And then over this last week, a tragedy happens in the city of Minneapolis as George Floyd is killed and we see all that's taken place from that and the riots and uh, the turmoil that has taken place as a, as a young man lost his life, uh, a man that had value and worth in God's eyes, and his life was taken from him. And when we walk through seasons like what we have with COVID-19, what we've walked through even just the last few days with riots, the question can be, well, how do we respond as believers? Well, what do we do? What do we, uh, what are we supposed to do? Like, if it doesn't affect us, we shouldn't do anything. We just stay at home. But uh, here's what I want to encourage you with. As, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves comfortable in our own homes while the world around us burns. And that, that is not right. And I believe falls short of what God expects of us as his believers, as his followers. I look at what's taking place in our world we are now in 2020. You go back decades and you see something that took place in 1965, in August of 1965, known as the Watts Riots. The Watts Riots were some of the worst riots, or others might refer to them as uprisings uh, in the civil rights era. Over 30,000 people rioted in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, over $40 million worth of damage was done in just a span of a few days. It was a devastating time. It was a difficult time. And uh, following that, that following week on August 20th, Martin Luther King Jr. issued a statement. And he, he made this statement. He said, I think that what, was, what uh, has gone on here in Los Angeles these past days is of national significance. What we are witnessing here is the beginning of a stirring of those people in our society who have been passed by by the progress of this past decade. What we're experiencing right now in our world is uh, a, a group of people, is people in general that have no voice. And we're commanded in Proverbs chapter 31 to be a voice for those who have no voice. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we've been walking through Ecclesiastes 3 this whole month. There's a statement that Solomon writes that I think is so appropriate for this moment. It's verse 7. He's talking about different times for different things. And he says, a time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. 
Guys, I want to tell you that this is not a time to be silent. This is a time to speak. God has given us the responsibility and the opportunity as believers to do two things. That's what I want to talk to you about just briefly here today. He's called us to speak out and to step up. He's called us to speak out. Your voice is such a powerful part of how God has wired you, how God has made you. He's given you a voice. He's given each and every one of us a voice. Some voices are louder than others. Some have greater levels of platforms of influence than others. But God has given us a voice. And I believe that voice is important for two two specific things. One, God has called us to pray. Our first response as a church when, when our world is burning, when, when our world seems to be unraveling at the seams, when, when we're walking through a pandemic and, and, and we're experiencing part of our nation, and people in our nation being treated as lesser than God designed, lesser than what they should be. The, the race riots that took place in the 60s are a reminder that we still haven't fixed this. We haven't got this right. We need to make this right. Not, not simply for, for us, for the generations to come. For my kids, for my grandkids. We have to make this right. And it takes our voice. That starts with prayer. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, there's a popular verse that we often recite at moments of difficulty. And it's in verse 14. And in that verse, God makes this statement. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. God makes that statement, and it's a powerful statement. I think an equally powerful statement, though, was the previous chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 6. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon is praying a prayer. Now, we love the statement that God makes in 2 Chronicles 7, but that statement that he makes is actually in response to Solomon's prayer. And Solomon is dedicating the temple. Now, this is a temple that his father David had dreamt of building, Uh, It was a place of worship. Uh, Up to that point, the Israelites had worshipped in a tabernacle made of cloth. It was a temporary structure. They were finally going to have a physical, permanent structure to worship in. And David wanted to do that, and God said no. So David had uh, assembled a lot of the resources necessary to build the temple. And then, as his son Solomon became king, Solomon began to build it. And the temple would be a work of art. It was a masterpiece of architecture. In fact... People would travel from all over the world to see this beautiful, beautiful building. But as it was dedicated, Solomon sets the tone for what its purpose would be. And as he's praying over this temple, he's praying, God, let this temple be used for these purposes. Here's one of the things he prays in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 28. He says this, When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, Or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities. Whatever disaster or disease may come. And when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel. Being aware of their afflictions and pains. And spreading out their hands toward this temple. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and deal with everyone according to all they do. Since you know their hearts. For only you alone know the human heart so that they will fear you and walk in obedience to you all the time they live in the land you gave your ancestors. Guys, God has has commanded us. When our world is burning, 
when our world is in unrest, when we see division among God's created people, God has called us to pray. Yeah, yeah, we, can, we can step out and we can do different things, but first and foremost, he's called us to pray. Because God does the impossible, the miraculous, the supernatural when his people are willing to get on their knees and pray. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to challenge you. Starting this Wednesday, from, from noon to 1230, every Wednesday this month of June, we're going to be taking time to fast and pray. We are in times that we have never seen in, in, in our lifetime. And God has called us to, to turn to him. To say, God, I want to pray for my nation. I want to pray for my neighborhood. I want to pray for my neighbors, my friends, my family. I want to pray for, for, for him to move in impossible circumstances. We're going to pray. That's our first step. We need to let our voice be heard as we cry out to God on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our world. God asks us to pray. What was his response to what Solomon said there in 2 Chronicles 6? If my people will pray, I'll heal their land. We're called to pray. Let's, let's take this opportunity this season to pray. That's the first thing. Let our voices be heard, that we can speak up. But we also need to let our voices be heard outside of just our prayers. We should start there. It's time that we allow our voices to be heard on behalf of those that might look different than us, sound different than us. We have, we're called to be a voice to those who have no voice. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm uh, grown up in a, in a predominantly white community. I went to high school and uh, the number of uh, students in my high school that weren't white, you could probably count on one or two hands. I can't, and I'm not going to act like I understand what black men and women feel like in America in 2020. But I can tell you from friends that I have and what I've observed is it's not good. And it's not right. There's a song that we used to sing when I was a kid called Jesus Loves the Little Children. And in that song, it makes the statement that they are precious in his sight. From every race, every background, they are precious in his sight. That's such a powerful statement and song for children to sing, but it's something that we need to remind ourselves of. God doesn't look at people based on the color of their skin as lesser or greater. We are his creation. We are his. He made us and shaped us and formed us. And they, they deserve and demand the value that each and every one of us holds to. Our voice needs to be heard. How, how do we do that? You have a lot of opportunities to let your voice be heard. Social media, let it be heard for the right things, the good things, not the nasty, angry things. It's not a place to unload your anger and frustration. It's a place to speak hope. Let your voice be heard. Maybe in your neighborhood, your workplace. Let your voice be heard. Far too often, we remain silent when others are being mistreated. And we assume, I'm not going to participate, so I'm safe. No, our voice needs to be heard. In our silence, we are condoning what others can be doing. Let your voice be heard. Not in a malicious way, not in an angry way. God has called us to speak up for those who have no voice. If there are those in your neighborhood, in your community, in, in your workplace who are being mistreated because of the color of their skin. God has called us to be a voice. You can see it throughout this book right here we call the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, men and women spoke up for those who had no voice. 
In 2020, he's called us to speak up for those who have no voice. Why? Because we still find ourselves in the same place we were in decades ago. 1965, the Watts riots were horrific, devastating. We're now in 2020, we find ourselves in the same place. Something needs to be fixed. Something needs to be made right. It's not going to happen through legislation. It's not going to happen through uh, officials. It's going to happen as Christians, the church of Jesus Christ, rises up and lets its voice be heard. Today, our city of Pittsburgh has been burning. There, There are calls for rallies in the city of Greensburg today. This isn't a time to be silent. I'm not saying we should be violent in any way because we shouldn't. But we should let our voice be heard. We need to cry out to God. We need to go before him on our knees and say, God, heal our land. God, transform the hearts of hardened men and women. God, change our perspective. God did this in the book of Acts. He took a man named Paul who had deep, deep hatred For the early Christians. So much so that he would imprison them and have them killed. Paul hated Christians. And God transformed that man's heart to be one of the greatest greatest forces the church has ever known. A man of love and grace. God can do it. Pray for our nation. The divide we are facing is unacceptable. It is unacceptable for us to be silent. We cannot sit at home while our world burns. We are called to speak up. But there's something else we have to do. Not just speak up. God has given us voice. You know, this, this season we're in, we've come through the, the coronavirus and we're still in the middle of that. And It's a season where the, the, the attack is against our lungs. It's against the ability to breathe. Something that every human being needs, right? We need to breathe. We've just walked through a week where a man is screaming out, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and he's not given the opportunity to breathe. And he loses his life, all because of the color of his skin. As Christians, I don't care what background you come from, I don't care what color your skin is, I don't care what your ethnicity is. God has put breath in our lungs, and we best be using it. We better let our voice be heard. We need to speak up. But we also have to step out. It's easy to let words be words, but we have to back up those words with actions. We have to back up those words with actions. If we don't, they're empty. They're hollow. Look at the story of Jesus. He could have spent three years walking the Judean countryside and teaching all that he taught that's contained in the Gospels and left it at that. But he didn't. He backed up his words with actions. Unjustly, he went to the cross hung upon that cross. He had been beaten brutally and his blood is pouring off of his body. He's nailed to that cross and he hangs there and he suffocates to death. Literally suffocates. No breath in his lungs. And he dies. Why did he do that? Why would Jesus do that? It didn't make any human sense. It's because he allowed his actions to back up his words. If he had just said it but didn't do it, his words would be empty. Maybe shallow. As believers, maybe for far too long in America, we've allowed our words to be empty, shallow, because we haven't backed them up. We need to be willing to not just speak up, we need to step out. Stepping out doesn't mean causing violence or destruction. It it doesn't mean any of that. 
It means allowing our physical presence to speak and back up what our words are saying. I don't know what that looks like for you. It's going to look different for each of us. Maybe for you, it's in your workplace, being willing to defend someone that's being mistreated. Maybe it's in your com- our community, our neighborhood, being willing to physically support those that are being mistreated. I don't know what that looks like, but we need to not just speak up, we have to step out. Because if our words and our actions don't align, we are hypocrites. We can no longer settle for being hypocrites. <clears throat> if the power of Jesus is in us and working through us, we have the courage and the boldness and the strength to step out and to do and to back up what we're saying. We have to do it. I understand we live in Westmoreland County. And Westmoreland County is, according to the last census, 94% white. There is no right and there is no reason that we shouldn't be a place that is welcoming for every person. And I can tell you for us as a church, and, and I, I wouldn't just speak for us as a church, a lot of pa- friends that I have that are pastors in this region, we will not put up for that anymore. It's time that we don't just go as business as usual. It's time that we don't just settle for what's going to happen and what's going to take place. It's time that we set the tone. It's time that we speak up and that we step out. That's what God has called us to as the church. That's what God has called us to be as Christians. We, and in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says this, that we are those, we are not those who are without hope. We have hope. I looked at, watched the news last night and I'm watching as there are riots in the cities all over this country. In our own city of Pittsburgh is police cars are being set on fire and and there's damage and destruction and people are protesting. Is it justified? I I don't know. It's not my, my decision. But I do know that there is an underlying frustration and anger because the African American population has not been treated as human beings like they should. And as a church, as, the, as believers, we can't fix all of that, but we can do our part. We can represent hope. As I watch the news, it seems so hopeless. Like, what's going to happen? We've walked through a pandemic, and now we've seen riots and, and people being mistreated, and the whole world is falling apart. What do we do? How do we respond? We speak up and we step out. Why? Because we embody hope. We embody this message that this is not the end. This isn't how things end. We know the end of the story. And it's time we start writing a better story for now and for the generations to come. Our children, our grandchildren should not be dealing with the same issues we're dealing with today. We have the opportunity to change it from this moment on. If this season teaches us anything... I hope it teaches us this, that every life is valuable. Whether they're living in a nursing home, whether they come from the wrong side of the tracks, whether they have a different color skin, every life is valuable. As believers, we should be rallying that call louder and bolder than anyone else. That's our call. That's what God put us on this earth to do. And I know this is a different message than maybe we normally talk about, 
But this time, this moment demands that we don't remain silent. It demands that we speak up and we step out. It demands that the church of Jesus Christ acts, does something. We must do it. We can't settle for business as usual. Because our world demands better. Our children and grandchildren demand better. And as we pray today, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. As we pray, I want to pray for healing. I I told you Wednesday we're going to join from noon to 1230 every Wednesday through the month of June. We're going to be taking time to pray and fast. But I want to take a moment to pray. I want to pray for our world. Our world needs Jesus. I know we need each other, but our world desperately needs Jesus. And if you haven't figured that out by now, you're, you're blind. Our world desperately needs Jesus. I want to pray that we are willing to take the opportunity to introduce our world to Jesus. To step out of what's comfortable and easy on our part. To step out of our homes and to introduce people to Jesus. To introduce people to the one that can reconcile even those furthest from him. That can reconcile hate. That can reconcile destruction. We need to introduce our world to Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me wherever you are? If you feel comfortable, maybe you're in your living room, I don't know where you are, putting your hands out in front of you. I know it might seem weird, but it's just a physical act to say, Jesus, we need you. Lord, we come before you today. Lord, on behalf of our world that is burning, is broken, is distraught. Lord, where there seems to be no hope, Lord, we are those who have hope and that hope is in Jesus. And I pray today, allow us as a church, allow us as followers of Jesus, as those who embody hope, allow us to introduce our world to Jesus, to the one that can change everything, the one that can turn what has been used for evil toward good. God, I pray you would help us to be catalysts for change in our world. God, let us use our voice to speak up, to cry out to you, to speak up in our world. Let us use the talents, the abilities, the influence, the, the, the energy that we have to step out and to physically embody hope. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. God, I know this is a difficult time. This is an uncertain time. But God, just as we've been talking about, Lord, there are seasons for everything under heaven. God, this is a time to speak. This is a time to heal. Let it be so in our world and use us to be part of that process of healing. Let's sing this song together this morning. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 